0: Hello, welcome to the podcast, Who Am I? Uh, it's with Stephen and with William. Um, today's episode is going to be discussing kind of relationships, um, development, mostly physical and emotional relationships in terms of romantic or biological um, and how attraction can work uh, within individuals, within society. So I guess my opening thing is... Um, It's kind of discussing, I guess, the biology um, for me, because I think it needs some context of evolution and history and how, um, I guess, where where I always approach these conversations from is this primal instinct in us as a species to survive. Like that ultimately, um, that is, um, I guess, any living thing has some inherent Need to maintain itself, um, and so you know we talked we talked in the past about fight and flight responses, um, but obviously the main approach to uh, continuing the species is is procreation, is, um, is sex, and is um, having children, and I guess installing that um, within the society um because past you know we go back to caveman times um uh, you had traditional roles in a way because it was very much a I guess what I would class as an weekly we class as uncivilized I guess I wouldn't call it that but um uh, less intellectual focused I mean, would you say that? Yeah,
1: more, more physically focused and, and less spending time in the brain
0: yeah, yeah. like. Even, I guess, again, I don't know because I wasn't there. We're talking very um, subjectively here because we don't have that experience of in the history. Maybe in our, in our, well, in our DNA we do, um, but uh, we don't necessarily have it consciously. And so even emotionally, um, it would be interesting to know more about the emotional experience of, you know, 10,000 years ago um, as humanity was evolving. Um in its tribes in its early stages um was it as complex as it is now because relationships tend to get very messy um any especially romantic relationship physical attraction emotional attraction intellectual att- attraction can be um yeah a struggle for each individual so did individuals still have that same Struggle, do we think? Or do we think that because they were, again, inverted commas, primitive, they didn't have that same emotional difficulty, maybe? You know, again, it's hypothetical, but what do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm not a big historian. Um, but yeah, I believe the further back you go in time, the more people who are concerned with their survival nowadays, um, we're not so worried. Um, I mean, people do get murdered. Or get their life shortened by disease, or you know all kinds of causes, but our survival is pretty well covered. You know, I yeah. don't even know how to plant <clears throat> my own vegetables because I have the supermarket who takes care of everything. Well, and the sub- whatever the supply chain does before that, I don't even need to know about that, and I'm pretty much covered. All I need to do is is get money and then i can take care of my physical needs and what do i do to get money well i don't need to do farming or or difficult uh, physical labor like you said we're we're very intellectual these days Um, we we we're looking to expand on the technological industry more and more so smart is the new sexy Uh, and that (laughs) brings it that brings you back to um attraction and uh, and relationships, right? You, yeah. people are always looking for mates, and often they don't even know why or what they're looking for in a mate. Uh, it's very instinctive or subconscious. But if you study those things, then it's really interesting. The kinds of things that we do care about. I watched a documentary once about what do men and women look for in, in the other uh, in, in their. Procreation partner, we could say. Yeah. Um, well, women look for muscular men, right? Broad shoulders, the uh, arms, because yeah. they are more likely to protect them and their offspring, and to be able to provide the the nest they need to uh, to raise offspring. And men look for women they uh, that are healthy. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, strength is a sign of health as well, but, but with women, we don't need them to be as toned. Um, yes. Or, or we typically don't look for yeah. buff women. Um, you know, speaking statistically uh, large. Well, large again,
0: again, it's leftovers from evolution. It's, um, that's yeah. the stuff that was needed for the hunting gathering for your pack, tribe, community to survive. Is you needed those traits and that was installed over thousands and thousands of years that that was the way it had to be and so we are the leftover generations where um that had to be the case at least in western society in a um or a developed country um where that is still there i think it's still in our dna but we as a culturally and and individually because again we're talking about again as I think in every single podcast we've done, I think I've made the same statement, is that we make comments about generalisations, yeah. but we but the importance is the specifics of individuals. Um, and both are important to discuss, but both, they're not separate. We, 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 we acknowledge both and we respect and love both. Um, but to talk about some things, you have to talk about the general side of things. For some things, you can talk about the specific. And in this situation, the generalisation, yes, um, the attraction to muscles or... Um, curves, um, whatever, is a generalisation, because there are so many different things about attraction, um, especially in our society where we have more time and more emotional time, um, and more intellectual time to think about what we want. We don't have to um, follow our basic needs. Again, we talk about procreation, um, but we don't need to follow that. We don't have to have children. Like this is like, in the past, again, ten thousand years ago, whatever. It was kind of seen as you had to, in a way, because small tribe to increase the tribes, um, and even 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 several hundred years ago, you had to have more children to work. You had to have like to be able to um, work on a farm or something, or um, go out and do jobs to help provide for the family. You'd have kids. Also, the kids would die. Like, we live in a society now where um, healthcare is so positive in a way that, you know, mortality rate, um, etc. And also contraceptive, family planning. You know, um, this a lot of human beings, we can't actually control, well, we can control our base needs, but we struggle to control our base needs. So having sex is a primary instinct. And when you get in a relationship with a person or companionship, then you want to share that with them again, well, physically, emotionally. Um, and you struggle to stop in a way, if that makes sense. So if you if logically not having any more children is a good idea because it's going to drain your resources, most people can't stop themselves from doing that. They will have more children if they didn't have contraceptive or if they didn't have family planning, if they don't have the education. Um, that's what has happened in the past and still happens today. Um, So I find it very, um, very complex, very beautiful that we have more choice and freedom. Now we have a lot more freedom to be able to, um, and education, uh, again, contraceptive as well, to not have to be ruled by our basic need for uh, this could be seen as a family ideal like um i yeah. if we, 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 both, we, we both have our own perspective on this i think so feel free to share with me what your i guess uh um, we can always
1: call it the traditional family picture right? yeah
0: if that's yeah well like, like that's the concept um do you favor that do you not favor that do you have what's again it's just discussion topics
1: yeah um i, I want to get into another point first uh, that you mentioned about the desire to keep the species uh, going. Um, we have over 7 billion people on the planet now. And so I don't think we are in danger of going extinct anytime soon You know, by means of not having enough offspring. There are other dangers. Maybe the climate, maybe we kill ourselves or each other. Depending yeah. how un- unified you look at the human kind. Um, but there's no need to, for everyone to have at least two children to increase the population. So it's interesting how, yes, we still have a lot of drives inside of us genetically that are no longer necessary. Um, they may again in the future. So maybe it's good for them to last a bit longer than they're absolutely needed. Um, but I also wonder whether people really see themselves as a member of a whole species and being interested in doing what's good for the entire species rather than just for themselves or just their family or just their race even
0: That's not a conscious thing is it it's, uh, for a lot of people it's biologically programmed into us again, libido, sex drive um, to procreate and some people it's not some people are asexual and they don't have that um, desire, but I think for again for the majority of the species, um, as humans.
1: So I, I think um, their are desires for prolonging your um, your genetic material on, on several levels. You know, yes, yeah. I want humanity to keep on living. Um, there is a strong drive <clears throat> for parents to get to have their children survive. You know, stronger than for themselves. Plus, you know, if, yes. If you're in a, if in a situation where you have to choose between yourself surviving and your child, then so typically yes. parents will choose the life of the child, which makes sense on on many levels. Um, but besides just humanity surviving, I I believe people have a, an instinct to have their individual genetic material last longer very, very and true. And this is just a theory, but I think that's why they are most of the time attracted to people who share their features. So same skin color. Um, I don't know about hair color, but
0: culture and language
1: also go together a lot. So that's why I'm not so certain about this theory.
0: There's an interesting contradiction there because nature loves diversity. Nature needs, Mm -hmm. for it to survive, it needs to, have a big pool of genetic material um, but often it is um, I think it's more a personally, it's just me, I don't know the details but I think it's more of a psychological thing to want similar. That's more a comfort thing or more a psychological reassurance Mm -hmm. thing because it's not different. And I think genetically I think actually if the genetics side of us um, would actually um, probably prefer diversity yeah Um, and I think that's a good kind of segue to attraction maybe to to talk about attraction and how that could work because I'm always fascinated by it I from a young age um it crippled my brain and my heart to understand why there's always such a... Well, in the in the upbringing that I was brought up in, why there's such a narrow scope for attraction. There was a, you know, being raised Christian, being raised um, in that environment, it was very much uh, this is what kind of you should be attracted to. Again, that family values, that um, side of things. Um, good, wholesome person who is, um, a female who is nurturing and motherly and um, caring and those weren't the things that I was actually, I mean I, I found them beautiful but they weren't necessarily the things that I was attracted to, I was attracted to like more assertiveness and emotional intelligence and intellect um, and those things were included in the at times um, but and actually very what was classed as male characteristics. So a lot of my teenage and even adult life, um I have got to know um certain women, because I'm heterosexual, um, and liked them and attracted to them, and they ended up become being um gay, they ended up being lesbian, because those physical and personality traits are what I was more attracted to.
1: Um, oh, I
0: see. Okay. Um, and their style and the way they... Uh, I
1: thought you were saying they, they were heterosexual until, oh, no. you, <laughs> until you met them and then they became lesbian. <laughs> no,
0: well, I, yeah, I put, I put them off of uh, the male species. I wouldn't be surprised. That's, that's brilliant, that is amazing. Um, so yeah, it was always fascinating to me to um, understand in a very small degree, uh, the importance of diversity but yet the contradiction of being told that that's not normal or that's not what's right um and i found that very difficult and also the emotional side of things like i was a very emotional teenager and people often said i was gay they were like oh you must be gay if you're and again if i was gay that's fine you know I, I, either yeah. way it's fine i'm not like i don't i'm not like oh don't say i'm gay i would it'd be awesome if i was gay if, you know a lot of things would have probably made more sense but um I knew I wasn't. I knew that I was attracted to to, to women, um, and so it yeah it baffled me at least at least sexually attracted to women, because I think that um, again I thought about loss over the years that I could actually have a non sexual relationship with a man and actually still be quite happy in that relationship, um, because it's love. I love that person the way they are. Um, and so it's always been, yeah, a fascinating experience to go through from a teenager to now. At what, again, I hate this term, but right and wrong, because in my opinion, you know, as long as it's age of consent, which is an interesting discussion itself, but um, and to um, adults, you know, um, what's that word? are looking for um, can uh, consenting consenting adults then again that whole love is love concept. Um, From a young age I never understood why there was, I guess we're going to the LGBT stuff now, um, (laughs) why there was such discrimination. Yeah, it never made any sense to me.
1: The the more we speak about this topic, the more I realize how complex it is (laughs) and never be able to do it justice. Uh, But even in the, the science community, there is no consensus on a lot of these questions so i i was interested in talking about this just to gain more perspective because i have not been exposed to many of the questions and the, the multiplicity of answers and approaches that, that people have found so i wanted to learn more about your perspective and you just yeah. started to give it so thank you um i can i can confirm what you said about expectations from parents and uh, society and church community about who I should end up with and and get married to. We could talk about marriage or related things as well, if you want. Um, I remember my father saying, just don't bring home a fatima or uh, stuff like that. (laughs) And I thought, wow, yeah, you know, talking about Turkish or Middle Eastern uh, women in general. And I thought, okay, that's, uh, I don't think that's from any particular Turkish person he, he's met in the past. I think it's just a, a fear of the unknown, yeah. of the foreign. And maybe also this genetic thing that we mentioned earlier about we, we want our genetic material to stay clean or you know the same. But, but as you said, um, mixtures are also useful biologically and attractive. Uh, yeah. I remember seeing a YouTube video about uh, an American girl in Japan, and she said she's half American, half Japanese, which is uh, highly sought after. You know, you can become a model more easily, for example, than a, a purely Japanese girl, uh, because for some reason it's it's just attractive to, I guess, the men, or or also the, the women are jealous of, of them. Yeah. So that's, that's very interesting, and, and diversity. Yeah, yeah, can be can be interesting and should not be
0: shunned. No, really shouldn't. Um, let's. I'm gonna get to the LGBTQ stuff for just a minute. Let's get back to attraction for a little while, because um, again, that's I guess that's a really um, interesting topic. Um, because in the past, like now, again, we now we have this what's fed to us through social media, like that. That's what defines attractiveness these days. Like. Um, what most people see as attractive, they've been told that's what's attractive.
1: Yeah.
0: Like um, the whole supermodels and um, different fashions are attractive at different times. Um, Like, you know, men used to, back in the 1800s, men wore heels. Like that was part of their outfit, the boots, heels. It's, at certain times they would have longer shoes, a shoe with a curl on top. And that's what was seen as fashionable and um, attractive. Um now it's you know, women wear heels to show off the, like, you know, define the calf muscles and um, that kind of thing. Um they, it's almost like again, the fashion industry and the media industry just use different strategies to dictate what they can sell. Um, you know, in the past it was seen as um, attractive to be pale, you know, not be, not like if you exposed were to yeah. exposed to the sun more, you were seen as common because you would like walking in fields and stuff. So to be pale was attractive. Um, and then now it's, you know, now it's more tanned. It's now currently like at various times seen as more attractive and mainstream. You know, fake tan, sunning beds, all this kind of stuff. Um, that's what people aim for because you have the money to be able to go in the sun that like and go on holidays and that kind of stuff. Um Being like, um, because now we have these terms about weight and, you know, fat and all that. Body mass index. Yeah, all that just ridiculous, in my opinion, stupidity um, and obsession over that um, that causes a lot of problems. In the past, it was seen if you were bigger, if you had more body mass in terms of. Yes, you you was and you were seen as again wealthy because you could afford more food. You were so, so therefore you were, that was attractive. Um, yeah, and you see all the paintings from um, the Renaissance and stuff, and the females look nothing like they like what is projected now as attractive, and it's um, it shows you that attraction is very dictated by society.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I could think of a, a two more examples um, about uh, Polynesian uh, places you know, in the Pacific. Uh, there are, I believe still, um, tribes who, wh- where the women walk around topless. You know, the climate is such that it's possible. And that is totally normal. It's like seeing a man talk. Yeah, um, I love
0: there's... that example. That example so... Is, 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 is so important to show us how sexualized the body has become in our societies, where it doesn't need to be.
1: Yeah, it's crazy to think that 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 could ever be different, but but it can be. And another one, um, I think from a report by Peter Joseph, um, the guy from the Zeitgeist Movement, um, on the Fiji Islands, before there was television, women were healthy mentally, Um, and Maybe they were one of these tribes where people are bigger boned in general and where skinny women are not considered attractive. Uh, I read that about Tonga, for example. I don't know if it's still the case, but it used to be. And then when television came in, uh, you know, American television shows, uh, over time, the people, you know, especially the the women um, looking to be, I don't know how it works exactly, but but women look a lot at other women to learn what they need to do about their appearance to become more um, attractive to men. And so, after time, women became bulimic (laughs) and depressed. (laughs) And you can apparently trace it back to the introduction of American television on Fiji. Yeah, this was on the Fiji Island.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Like, again, I have so much hope for our younger generation, but I also so sorry for them and what they have to go through all you know all the instagram snapchat TikTok, and just how it's also body focused yeah. it's also like how do you how does an individual have the psychological resilience to not let that just like make them feel insecure or make them feel worried and um about themselves and if they're attractive or not and Why does they shouldn't takes- worry about that they, they shouldn't, they shouldn't, like, yeah. young girls that like 10, 11, 12, and boys, you know, and, um, sure. all worried about if they're going to appear attractive to you know, other sex or same sex, depending on their orientation. And it shouldn't be an, a thing. Like, the damage that's caused is... There
1: like, shouldn't be need for a hashtag no filter. Right? <laughs>
0: yes, <laughs> yes.
1: You should just be, be happy with the way you look uh obviously you can do i I could do more to to appear uh you know put together um or clean or or healthy uh,
0: yeah i could trim a bit better i could wear a suit more or you know whatever but like that's that's not real again it's but then we go
1: far beyond that and again it's interesting um, what the research comes up with uh, in terms of biological explanation um i even i even approached a girl at a at a conference once who had on pink lip gloss. And I I guess I was in my very just matter-of-fact state, uh, not thinking about the the interactions um, and the the attraction, uh, the consequences. But uh, I was fortunate enough that she was not against this at all. You know how when you analyze how women work and you tell them to their face, it can be very counterproductive. But I told her, Well, I I found out recently, or I heard from a scientist recently, that paint lipstick um, is supposed to give the appearance of having plenty of estrogen and, you know, therefore um, being, (laughs) what's the word? Um, fruitful. There's another word. Okay. And and make uh, yourself more attractive to men that way. Uh, Because that is something that men are looking for, uh, subconsciously at least. You know, will this woman be able to be doing healthy
0: children? Yeah. And Um, yeah, actually, that went down well.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) She thought it was funny and uh, honest. And those are the types of things I think of when I see naked. I think, yeah, I guess you're appealing to a part of me. Um, And I don't give this part high priority. It is a part of me that I cannot switch off. Sometimes I wish, sometimes it, it bothers me and I wish I could switch it off yeah. uh, because I want to focus on other things in, in women. But other times I see the uh, utility and also the, the happiness that I can come from, yeah. obviously. But I guess I'm just the type of person who needs a girl to be smart and confident
0: Yeah,
1: more so than physically
0: attractive. It's, it's realising that that doesn't dictate if they are smart or attractiveness because that's preconceptions that um, can arise in the other extreme where um, the judgments come in just because you wear makeup or wear certain clothes or whatever. Like That's a really, like, I'm not talking about you, I just mean society in general, where there's this double standard where yeah. um, it shouldn't matter. And it's sad that
1: women who are smart and confident feel the need well,
0: to... They may enjoy it as well. They may enjoy it. But like again, they, they actually themselves That's... may actually enjoy putting on the makeup and doing those sure. things. So there's a, there's a very fine line and there that is difficult for two men, two white privileged males to talk about because we don't understand what it's like to be a woman. Um, So we have our our discussion, comments, and um, our perspective, I guess. But it's up to us to encourage men and women to be themselves. And if it is what they want to do, it's just we try, again, as podcast to help people understand themselves enough that they're not being influenced by external external situation. Men and women have
1: a lot to gain from speaking to each other very openly yes. about yes. how they perceive themselves and and the others. Yeah. Um, and talking about the things like makeup and attraction, just blatantly, just put it out on the table. Because we have these preconceptions and uh, illusions about ourselves and each other uh, that are just fed over and over and prolonged. And they might, and you say this, in some cases, it is actually the, a woman wants to put on makeup um, yeah. even though she might not fully understand the su- psychology behind it. And yeah,
0: we, society should be so much less judgmental of women. Like, That's one thing I've always been fascinated by is just how critical we all are of what like so rarely like do we go oh that man shouldn't be do- like doing wearing that or looking that way like who like who the swear word are we to comment on it or worry about it. Like, this is getting a bit personal, but there's a scenario where through the Christian upbringing, um, there is so much, so much emphasis on what women wear. And it's, to me, it's evil. Like there's so much like the responsibility. So the, the, the preconception is, is that basically women should dress conservatively because it helps men not have sexual thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's such, bull- I'm going to say it, I don't care the podcast, you dub it out if you want, but it's such mm-hmm. bullshit. Like, it's so evil. But it, it, we should be more focusing on men having like better respect and understanding that to leer at a woman or to degrade them on whatever they wear. Women should, should be able to walk down naked on the street and it'd, be, and it'd be fine. So should a man, technically. Technically, as if there's no kids around, again, it's a whole different ball game. But I just mean in terms of um, what we should and shouldn't wear. And it's like, actually, no one should be dictating what we can and can't wear because we should all be teaching each other that, to have respect for the, each other. Not that a woman shouldn't wear a top that shows her belly or whatever, you know, does does the parent ask the boy, does his t-shirt show his belly, or his arms, or his, you know, it's so much focus on it being the woman's responsibility. And that is very psychologically um, traumatic in early years. And it, over time, can appear to like create a sense of self-worth or because uh, um, that's the again the christian side of things that's what they teach they teach you oh give yourself you self-worth and it's like well no actually you're repressing a lot of their ability to express themselves and both sexually um physically and later on in life it'll all come out and usually nine out of ten times and i've seen it time and time again it comes out of an explosion of rebellion because you've suppressed that side of things later on in life they like They're like, well, I missed out on my experiences as a teenager or whatever. I'm now going to do whatever I want um, because I don't feel like I had that. I've seen it um, a lot Um, and it worries me. It worries me that again, not even just in Christian stuff but in mainstream society, especially when it comes to um, rape victims, like there's a massive flaw in our justice system Giving the woman like, responsibility for being raped. Yeah? Like, how evil is that? Like, does, I don't understand how that's even a thing. Like, to think that just because of what you wear, you deserve to get raped. Like, it makes me sick. Like, and I don't get why we're at that point in society. Like...
1: Yeah. I don't, yeah. Uh, so yeah, e- even though you said this is a is, is a pop- topic that goes personal, um, I, I think it's good that you you addressed it, and uh, in a calm manner, <laughs> uh, because I have some um, personal contention in this area as well. Um, yeah. But I, I'm glad you went to two extreme cases, um, yeah. the the rape uh, example and walking in the street naked. Just to, to make the point even more obvious. I, yeah. I, I think that's a useful method to where the the, the principle is not about the degree, but the, the actual, yeah. the whole idea of uh, should a woman um, take into consideration what feelings she causes in a man who sees yeah. her in public. Right. So I, I think that's useful to frame that way. Um, I uh, don't see things exactly the same way. I I don't have full control over how I feel uh, as a reaction to what I see. And I would not like to see a naked woman while I'm walking on the street to the supermarket Um, because Sexual feelings are, in, in my view, appropriate in some settings and inappropriate in other settings. Yeah. And I am not the only one responsible for whether I have them or not.
0: Oh yeah, ha- having them is different from acting on them.
1: That's a good point.
0: So ha- having the having the sexual feeling, yes, that's yeah. fine. That's that's normal response. I mean, what comes next? Whether you like, sorry, I, I keep interrupting you. Sorry. Kevin. No,
1: no, that's a very good point. I, I hadn't thought about that distinction, but you're right. Um,
0: yeah, don't be, it, those those feelings are important. Those, that having that response is a beautiful thing. Like
1: absolutely. Um, I when I wish that I had more control over when I have those feelings and when not, um, I don't know how healthy that is. And how much I am just trying to fulfill the, the expectations implanted in me by not bringing in, in my upbringing. Uh, and I think um, I I agree that those influences can be suppressing our feelings and can be very unhealthy. Um, there's a I don't know if it's a phase, but if, I guess for some people it takes a lifetime to understand how how they themselves work. In, yes. in regards to sexuality yep. and feelings and acting on it. Uh, I think it's not just puberty where you are confronted with these questions. It's your That's, whole life. Yeah, yeah. okay, good. <laughs> it's definitely. good that I'm not the only I one about it.
0: from All the people that I've spoken to, all the interactions I've had, it is definitely an ongoing process. Some people find it early, some people um, develop as they go. Um, and some people yeah they may never find it but, and know.
1: something that i've heard from several people is oh i'm so glad i'm out of the dating game and just <laughs> yeah. settle down you know with be it staying single for the rest of your life or married or whatever you you have found for yourself and perhaps a partner because there is so much chaos and
0: yeah. this
1: uncertainty
0: <laughs> so in, in trying to
1: understand yourself and others and then the combination so yeah. That is a very difficult terrain to navigate. But I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one who has ongoing questions or new questions, you know, as you age. Yeah. I just I, I still believe that I'm not the only one responsible for how I feel and that yeah. a, a woman should also consider what she is triggering in other people. Even in, the, mm-hmm. in other women, yeah. um, I, when I clothe myself and groom myself, I am also considering what other people will think of me, and that puts pressure on me, which can yeah. be negative and unhealthy. So I understand that aspect, but it also puts pressure on me to uphold societal norms, which can be good or bad.
0: Yeah,
1: I think I think it's important.
0: Everyone should be able to have their choice. Like, you should right. be able to do what you want, um, the way you feel is healthy, uh, for you, and not be feel criticized or judged, and vice versa.
1: But how do you put people with different ideas of what is good for them in the same society? Mm, because yeah. we are not radical individualists. We, we interact, We and the only interaction we've talked about so far is just seeing each other. What yeah. We, oh, yeah there's, we, there's more
0: it's so vast like I, I didn't realize that i didn't realize that this is going to go this way in this discussion but I think it's been good um
1: it's to, just yeah. a topic that I still have a lot of strong feelings about and unresolved uh, worlds inside of myself and so'm I'm, now i'm more interested in, in working on that and the the method I will use is not to go around telling people to change. That I will work on myself and perhaps I will be less hurt when I see that someone has different standards than me. Yeah. Because I am genuinely saddened and hurt when I see that someone has lives their life a different way than I do. Now that doesn't mean that I'm
0: told that feel way to change them. Yeah, is that you're told that way or is that because you you are that way? I don't know. Okay.
1: Um let's say it's purely because I'm taught that way, um, then that still doesn't give me the right to give the other person the, the full responsibility. I mean, yeah. Sometimes-
0: far responsible, definitely. But I think it's because you go from one extreme to the other. Like we talked about this before with like, um, when a minority is suppressed, um, to get rid of the suppression, you have to go to the other extreme and then find the middle ground. And I think that's what's happening with women is that to go from this, because they have been suppressed and they still are suppressed um, in society compared to men, uh, the majority of men. And it's gone to an extreme where there are now extremes where actually men do feel suppressed as well now because of, you know, it's a whole other discussion because of um, they feel they've lost their place in society and all that kind of stuff. Well, um, and the, the the balance will come in the next 20 30 40 50 years hopefully where men start to adapt as well um and mm-hmm. we come to some middle ground um, and that's i think that's what it, that's what a lot of the sexual revolution has been um over the last hundred years for women because they have been chained to men mm-hmm. most of, of society uh, in history yeah not too
1: of- long ago just just a few decades ago uh, a girl when she turned 18 was expected to get married because there was almost no chance for a woman to support herself so yep. to get an education to get a job you know you've, you've heard about um women from 100 years ago who were really good authors who wrote Citadens. under a male pseudonym just to be yep. published because it was impossible otherwise so since we have started you know in the, I'm saying deliberately started getting rid of those um, restrictions. Women are more able to, to support themselves um, materially. But yeah, I think this topic of empowerment and individualism and what this does for the relationship and, and balance and extremes is too much and should be a topic of another
0: podcast. Good. Yeah. OK, we can, we can skip on to that another time. Yeah. Um, let's go to... But we're not done for today. No, no, not yet. Um I don't think so. Unless you are. <laughs> I'm not. I'm quite happy to continue. No, this um, is this is exciting. Yeah, let's I, I have let's... one more example of,
1: of um of appearance because w- so far we've only talked about the cultures that we're mostly uh, exposed to. What about say Muslim culture? On the Trevor Noah show there once was a woman uh with um headscarf, I forget the Arabic name for it. And she was art- years, yeah she was there's
0: a burker, art- there's,
1: a Burke, there's yeah. the yeah sure. the, you know with varying degrees of or, um valent you know, yes uh hiding your hair or face so in her case she was just covered covering her hair you know what, yeah. what i see most of the time in germany um and it was super interesting because she was doing what, what I want to see more, of, you know, for, for men and women to yeah. discuss these things and not just keep building the expectations and suppression. She said, um, when Western men and women see me and other women with a headscarf, they say, oh, don't let other men, yeah. don't let a men oppress you and force you yeah. to wear a headscarf. And she said, what, what are they thinking? That That's not the reason I do this, yeah. uh, which, which I believe. She said, um, this is how I show respect for God and for myself. You know, it's a totally different paradigm. But what Is it the- a different paradigm? Uh, well, in, in our Christian white society, we also show respect for God in ourselves, but in other ways. Is that what you're talking about?
0: I'm like, well, if God is a... Again, I'm getting into controversial, controversial topics here, but if God is white male or just male being... Why does he require women to be to, like the respect that she is showing for her for god or her god um is that not just an extension potentially of um the patriarchal writings that have come down through the thousands of years
1: it's a good question i don't know enough about
0: islam and the Quran to answer. yeah again
1: i'm just throwing out um, questions it's a good question i mean we all you know like you said, we, we don't walk make naked in the streets, so we all have some kind of uh norm yeah. that we live and it's it comes from religion or other sources. And it's a huge mix and we're trying to somehow live together in peace. <laughs> yes. And again <laughs> it'll be um, difficult at times.
0: You and I to judge, you know, again, I'm just I'm throwing out, you know, um the importance is that it's her, she has made that choice um consciously and it is sacred to her. So That she is can what were saying. Yeah, um, so, so for that reason, it's, you know, of course she should be encouraged that that's fine. It's giving people the knowledge that all options are available. Yeah. That's why I get so passionate about it. It's not because I think that it should be this way, even though that's how it probably comes across sometimes. I'm just making sure there's a balanced argument um, so that people are informed and educated like, from my own experiences within uh, religion and my happiness that has been gained through through sexual liberation, like, through being able to express myself sexually and not feel like I'm doing something wrong, because I'm not, like, I know I'm not, I, like, I have never done anything that has actually hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, to call those things that I'm doing a sin. Um, in that context is, is, in my opinion, again, me, is evil because it causes me to hate myself. And therefore, if I hate myself, that's not love. And I, I search for all things that are happy and, and love and positive. And so once I broke away from that previous mindset into the current mindset like, it fills me with so much joy and, and again, freedom and liberation, and that I can be in a relationship and have sex with someone and form that connection, that bond, um, without these preconceived notions that we should be in marriage or, um, that one day we should have children or something, you know, it's, it's like those kind of things. Um, it's brought a lot, a, lot, a lot of happiness and stability and ability to express myself emotionally and sexually um, in a way that, because it was being suppressed, caused me a lot of mental health problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the,
1: and having that feeling of liberation and, and regaining health is a strong indicator that yeah. you're in the right direction. You, you mentioned earlier the, the sexual revolution. Um, I don't remember any names but in the 60s um, there were a few just American researchers who were just sick of this you know preconceptions on what is right and wrong in, in sex and yeah. so they just went against the taboo and just did scientific experiments yeah
0: yeah they made a TV show about it recently yeah. um, And yeah, it's a fascinating concept. Carry on.
1: They answered so many questions. They demystified sex and the body so much, which I think is very good. Now, Some people might say, um, well, don't you think anything negative came from that? Don't you think we're now too liberal with our bodies and our opinions on, on how we use them and how we treat each other? And, and from what you're saying, I, I get the feeling you think that no, in general, this is a, this is a good thing. This is the right direction. Now, uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know if perhaps society is doing itself a disservice by becoming more and more liberal. Yeah. I don't know why God is so interested in what we do with our penis and vaginas. yeah Yeah. why is it so important to him yeah i don't know but at the same time i don't know why it was so important to him that eve would not uh, and adam would not eat of the fruit
0: yeah
1: is there something intrinsically bad about the fruit i don't think so i think it was pretty much an arbitrary commandment that he chose and he could have probably chosen any other thing but and and i don't know if everything in uh in genesis is to be interpreted literally you know if there was actually a tree and a fruit and a garden or if it was more a state of the mind so metaphorical but but i do believe that god gave them a commandment that it was pretty much arbitrary what that commandment was that there was nothing intrinsically wrong with the act that he forbade and that they were then tested whether they would uh, live according to that commandment or break it. And we know, well, and we're told in the Bible that it was uh, transgression to eat of the fruit, but that it was necessary for God's plan to progress, you know, because they would have otherwise stayed in the garden.
0: Without and the, the story is fascinating itself because um so. A lot of the, again, it's interpretation is like, we as human beings have been given that potentially again, let's, you know, let's say, let's use the concept that it is God is real, that these things were given to us um, as a form of instruction or just important stories to have. It's us, it's up to us as human beings, how much actual weight we put on things. We are the creators. We, we decide what is okay and not okay ultimately and you talk about that story, and you talk about, okay, um, Adam and Eve, blah, blah. Some religions say, you know, um, you have to be absolved of that original sin. Some religions say you don't, and that's their interpretation. And actually, God probably just sits back and just goes, you're all missing the point. He probably just goes, it's just a story to give you some education on what happened in the past. You don't need to suddenly overthink this. And also, from my experiences of observing religions, being a religion, is that if there is a deity, that they, like it, he, she, whatever, loves paradox and contradiction. Like if you look at anything in our society, in our, in evolution, in uh, the universe, physics, science, gravity, blah blah, so many things contradict each other, but still work and still live in the overall system. And I don't understand why we as human beings can't understand that and just go, it's okay for that thing to be that way. And it's okay for that thing to be that way, even though they may seem like they're two separate parts, they're actually part of a whole. And that, I guess, kind of is a segue to what this whole thing was probably supposed to be originally about is the LGBT stuff. So, um, you know, we've mentioned it a few times in discussions um, that, and it's a massive thing at, at the moment in Europe, especially because countries like Poland and Hungary are really strictly implementing older laws that have been gotten rid of to suppress and to discourage and to not even just discourage, to blatantly discriminate against those who have same sex attraction, who are transgender, um, who fit under all that, the LGBTQ bracket. Um, and I've always been fascinated why there is such a focus on that. Like, why is there so much energy by society? Because, again, it's not just religion, it's society. Even before religious stuff, there is suppression of this minority, these people, these individuals, um, and a hatred for them from a lot of society. And I've always just been, I know that some of it comes from religion and the whole, but is it more than that? Is it a biological thing where a lot of people discriminate, again, because it's different, because it's... the underlying potential contradiction to survival of the species, going back to what we talked about at the start. Like, if everyone, which I don't think is possible personally, but if, because it's all individual, if everyone, let's say, over time realized that they were, well, it wouldn't happen in my opinion. It wouldn't wouldn't happen. It's because of just diversity. It would stay. There'd be enough heterosexuals to continue the species, and there'd be enough same sex to just be who they are. and from a biological point of view i don't think it's an issue but maybe somewhere in our dna for some people they feel they have to protect against it i don't know i'm just i'm just throwing questions out there because it's i always like that
1: hi folks this is william in editing mode uh, at this point steve and i decided to interrupt the discussion because it had gone on uh, enough to make up a whole episode on its own just talking about attraction and biology and so we will continue this topic focusing more on lgbtq questions in the upcoming episode see you then